0: The Slow TV Podcast with Tim Prevett. Hello and welcome to the Slow TV Podcast. My name is Tim Prevett and I've come to love Slow TV and think about Slow TV and study it and make it and talk with other people about it all around the world. And today's episode of the Slow TV Podcast takes me to Winchester in the UK and four hours north of Perth australia to speak with a composer and a filmmaker about their film
1: how's it going over there with uh, coronavirus uh,
0: it, well, things are easing up thankfully um uh, personally I've been t- trying to keep my head down as much as possible um i'm in one of the vulnerable groupings yeah. so i'd rather not try running with this thing um yeah fair enough i'm not yeah. sure i would come off uh, and how about yourself
1: well, I'm in WA, so we're very lucky. Okay. Um, our premier has isolated us, us for March, basically, so no one coming in at all. So, and um, it seems to be working. So, yeah. Good
0: stuff. Yes, it's, it's all kind of tender footsteps forward at the moment, and um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, nothing flares up again, and then obviously we need to prepare for winter and all the regular coughs and flu and get, yes, get through. Anyway. Let's tie ourselves into the moment. We try... We're not talking about
2: Dave COVID, are you? Yeah,
0: yeah. A, a, a good segue into slow TV. Let's bring ourselves into the moment. <laughs> Chris, David, good to have you company, and uh, apologies it's taken a little while to get you here, but uh, I'd like thank to thank you for
2: the opportunity. Tim, sorry,
0: it's all right. It's that that, that lag thing. No problem. Um, I want to get it out soon, and I've got another two episodes with uh, interviewing friends in Sweden, talking about the Great Moose migration, and I'd like to get all these out before August. David, Chris, you've you've made a film. Tell us about your film briefly, and then we'll dig deeper into it a bit later into our uh, chat. David? (laughs) David, you're the musician, the composer. David came to
1: me with the idea. So...
2: Um, well, thank you, Chris. So Chris and I worked on a video uh, last year. He did a, a beautiful um, video for a single I release. Um, and um, once uh, we came to lockdown, I'd been working on something called a sound bath. Uh, I was getting uh, people into a, a room, inviting them to lie down, and then immerse them in music in what well, surrounds sound. Um, so when lockdown came, I, I was a bit grieved. That I couldn't do this anymore. And it took me a while to think, well, how could we create an experience at home that was immersive? Uh, it was it was experiential, and um, I thought, of Chris, Chris's beautiful, beautiful half underwater imagery from the wonderful colours and waters of, of Australia. And uh, so he very kindly came back to me. He said he was interested in developing a slow TV um, idea. And so I had the music. I just remixed it in um, binaural 3D sound so that you felt immersed in it a little bit more. had a tweak, a tickle with some of the instrumentation to make it feel more immersive, closer, uh, less recorded under a, a priest's cassock at the far end of the cathedral, what okay. closer in. And um, Chris's response, visual response, made me cry. Totally made me cry. It was fantastic.
0: He's okay. such a talent. Yep, I've been listening and watching before chatting with you guys now. Uh it is literally very immersive. You allow yourself to actually just start watching the screen and listening to music and like the, the synth washes, the chanting. Um, yeah, we'll dig more into that in a moment. So, David, whereabouts in the world are yourself? Is yourself?
2: Uh, I'm in Winchester, in okay. Hampshire, down the south coast.
0: Okay, and Chris, you, you're you're the other side of the globe. Yeah. yeah, I'm in Western
1: Australia, about uh, four hours north of Perth, which is the state capital, and um, live right on the beach. So, um, yeah, the capturing water movement has always been something that's always intrigued me. Um, it's, you know, yeah, something that's always moving and, and transforming with the light has always intrigued me, and so I've always been fascinated by that.
0: Okay. So your collaboration together it's representative of what you do for a living or is it just an interesting aside the quality is very good so I'm suspecting the former
2: Chris, you said- it's, a bit,
1: it's, a, it's a bit of both actually, it's a bit, of, a bit of overlap I work for the ABC which is the Australian Broadcasting Corporation um, but you know I often on weekends and on days off always go out and look for things to film um, my my family say I need a new hobby, but I, I just I'm addicted. Uh, yeah. um, so I'm always if I'm not filming the ocean, I'm filming the outback and filming filming weather and uh, storms and that kind of stuff. And and yeah, uh, I suppose for me it's always about fine tuning my craft, trying to improve it, and trying to you know capture something that that might you know that might be ordinary like the ocean that you see every day or some people see every day. How can you capture that in a different way? That's what I'm always thinking about.
0: And the ordinary is so important. I like that. Again, (laughs) I'm going to have to drop a few notes down as we go. Hopefully we can dig back into these things. So, slow TV. What's what's the appeal? Why slow TV?
1: Uh, I've always been a fan of slow TV since it started out of um, Norway. Um, I think it's, for me, I like to, for me, slow TV is when I go out in the bush or in the ocean and, you know, I'm I'm capturing or just watching a weather pattern or something that's happening and that's slow TV in real life for me. And, and you know, I suppose for me it it, it helps with my mental state. It calms me. It creates um, a sense of well-being and peace. And I guess that translates when you capture that and put it together something like this people can respond to that in a, in a similar way particularly for people who are living in cities who don't actually you know don't have access to to nature uh like some people do this is yeah this is potentially a gateway to that
0: and it could be a, a great antidote for this time phil well we're coming out of lockdown yeah. here in the uk but again there are populations being locked down elsewhere in the world again there are some in, in australia is that right is it melbourne being locked down again? Melbourne's
1: in trouble, yeah. yeah, and New South Wales looks like it's not far behind. So, oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Second, so, second wave coming, hmm.
0: not just as an antidote for getting out of this stressful lockdown, it can be help us give it a sense of a, a trip, a vicarious trip somewhere else in the world. And indeed, as your tagline, like being on a two week holiday, something close to the back? <laughs> that
2: was um, a friend of mine, Jenny's, comment after a sound bath. Uh,
0: which I need. Okay. Yeah. These these soundbars. Um, I haven't come across it in terms of of audio visual before, but I've um, heard a few folk that do gong meditation, so the big singing bowls or the gongs, and you you, you do kind of yoga to it and trip out and yeah, it takes you to another place and completely calms your body, your mind, and you can come out of it actually feeling like you have been somewhere else.
2: Yes, um, I, I don't use gongs or bells or anything like that. It's, it's recorded music, but it's sort of a huge remix, a calm remix. Um, it, it is immersive, and we fill the space with haze, so it's opaque, and uh, the sound is of the highest quality. Mm-hmm. And people just go um, at the end. Um, the last one we did... Must have been about a minute and a half to two minutes before anybody moved after the music had finished. They just catatonic. <laughs> and they finally finally awoke. It was it was like a scene, a, a deleted scene from uh, Awakenings or something like that. It was uh, fantastic. So it, I, I really do feel that Chris's contribution is is a, a visual sound bath.
0: So stylistically, everything okay there, Chris? Sorry, I can hear little voices behind you. Everyone... Oh, uh, yeah, that's one of my boys struggling to get to sleep. Sorry about that. I understand <laughs> completely. Stylistically, you're you're filming. Um, you, it, it's a lot of s- slow um creeps into this scene as well as drones. Some subtle um, um sub um. Literally immersive photography. Um, what's, what's the word? Submersible kind of uh, camera. Yeah. Tell us a bit about your your tech and um, your filming techniques, if if that's okay.
1: Sure. Yeah, I've got a um, uh, I suppose a dome. You call it uh, that goes. Uh, you put a GoPro in, so the latest GoPro eights or the sevens are not too bad. With a high frame rate, can shoot four K, and, and that give that dome gives you that in and out half yeah. in the water, half out of the water effect. I've also got another um, housing for my Sony digital SLR, so I can get that nice depth of field with the water and the particles in the water, and you can change the, the, the focus on that as well. So, And that and that gives you a bit of a different dimension of the movement of the water, which I really like as well. Um, but, yeah, like I said before, I'm always experimenting, and obviously this gear, um, the gear that I want to get, is it's very expensive, so it's just a matter of, you know, Working with what I got, and then yeah. hopefully you know, using that to the best that I can, and
2: and improving along the way. I, I I I think one of his greatest skills, if I might say, is is some of the is some of the compositions. They are there's one scene where there are four tankers in a perfect line on the horizon, perfectly framed. Another where some birds are sat on a rock, as if literally acting their way through the scene. And I felt that um, it, it, beyond the technology, Chris has such an eye.
0: Mm. It's about Thanks,
2: David. That's nice of you.
0: <laughs> it's about allowing the shot to breathe. Obviously, most of the TV we watch, uh, what we call the cognitive loading, you have to pay attention in order to follow the narrative. With slow TV, you allow the shot to breathe and um, one of the Norwegian producers is uh, like you, you hold the shot until like your producer urge to cut to the next shot hurts and then you keep holding it. And so mm. people engaging with what it starts, selecting what's most important out of that picture for themselves. Yes, there is a cure, sense of curation, but it's not like you need to follow this point, this point, this point, this point in order to get the flow of what's being brought to you.
2: Yes. and I, I I, was also interested in how Chris responded to the music. You know, with my music head on, you just think music video. So I build a crescendo. So I expect some waves now or some, uh, or an edit or a sharp edit that, that ex- accentuates the extent increases know. the feeling that I'm trying to convey but he, simp- he simply doesn't bother doing that, which is wonderful, and after about five minutes, you've, your head has got rid of that idea of trying to sync everything up to the music, and it's just lost, just lost, and that's the moment. Hmm. I think it's interesting, um,
1: the point that you made there, Tim, that, you know, we live in a day and age where everything's got to be fast-paced, you've got to tell a story in under three minutes or five minutes, and there is no room there for breathing spaces, and and that's something that I really, I really, um, I crave that. I crave as a filmmaker those long pauses, and so you can breathe in the scenes with the music. And I think for me, I, yeah, I love to delve into that world. And this is this is a great project to do that with David's beautiful music.
2: Thank you.
0: In terms of citing. I'm situating your film uh, in the various styles of slow TV. The Norwegians usually take an activity or a journey and do it from A to Z or A to Z for our American friends and do everything in between. Yours feels um, it's a curation of montages, allowing yourself to explore different aspects of the beach. Is, Is that a fair description?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that it's, it wasn't as a journey as you say from A to A to B to C to D. It wasn't. It was a more of a montage, and uh, I guess you know I took I took David's music as an, an interpretation of what I thought it would look like, and um, I suppose I when I was putting it together, I got lost myself, and quite often I'd always you know halfway through the edit, I'd go back and watch it, and I just found myself drifting away in the edit. Yeah, and um, it just yeah it just seemed to come together nicely with because um, this is footage that I captured already and it was just sitting on the hard drive pretty much doing nothing, um and I you know in the back of my mind I always wanted to do wanted to do something with it because it was just sitting there and so when this when David approached me I thought well this could be a good opportunity to to use some and of the footage there,
2: mate 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 it's art it's art. You know the the, the, the the first sort of serious bit of slow TV with with music was for me Sigouros' Ros's uh, Route One. This is a twenty four hour piece of slow TV. Uh, the music's generated partly through AI, um, um, but with that, it's a, it's 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 a journey around Iceland's ring road, if you like, and. Um, uh, 1300 kilometers and um, you're engaged because you'll get you, you want to see what's around the next next corner on this beautiful roadscape so you're managing expectations with Chris's work it is a delightful surprise and and, and therefore you're not you're not looking for a storyline. And, and having expectations of what's round the corner. You are just enjoying an art, a, a film, the visuals of an art film. And I think that is liberating and, they're, and immersive. And it works.
0: When I started watching it, first of all, I was thinking of um, Koyaanis Katsi, uh that kind of style. Um, with Corner Cutsy, obviously there is a, a, a sewn-in narrative about um, nature uh, out of balance. Um, but the, there are some slow creeping shots as well as some very accelerated um, time lapses. Then I thought, it's actually with the music and a lot more steady... Easy paste shots. Um, it came to mind was um, Baraka Michael Michael Stern's music. Um, that was what then came to me as as a, like a, a stylistic comparison. Um, so if if listeners have, have seen or have watched listened to Baraka, um, I think that's a, a close approximation of of what you have going on with your binaural sound bath. Now now Chris, whereabouts? Was it filmed? Are you able to say where it was, or would you would you prefer it to be this kind of just <laughs> typical Australian beach scene somewhere?
1: Uh, that that would be ideal. Um, okay, but um, it was filmed. Eighty percent of it was filmed in New South Wales, um, South Coast, and then the other twenty percent is 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 filmed around where I live here in Geraldton in Western Australia. Um, I didn't quite have enough footage. Um, to 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 make it for the hour with the stuff from New South Wales, okay. but uh, I tried to keep it in the same, um, I guess, vibe or, or, or style with the, with the water shots. So um, yeah, I wanted to I didn't wanted to make it a tourist video of you know of what the location. I rather keep that a mystery and and make it interpretive and, and an experience on its own of where people were at, um, okay. you know, with their own experiences with nature and beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. You have done work with ABC. Did you have any um, hand in the Gun Slow TV? Or is that further no, east no, from that yourself? No, was
1: SBS, which is our ah, sister or brother channel. But yeah,
0: <laughs> um, how,
1: how was big, st- big fan? Big fan of that series, though. Big G- fan.
0: Yeah, I didn't get to see all of it because hardly oh, I've had this Um It wasn't made available around the world. Just seen tiny clips of it. So. I'm not sure. I'm sure it is. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to go and have a dig because um, well, slow TV has become a huge part of my life. Um, in terms yeah. of hunger, um, interest in slow TV, do you find it's particularly demographic related? Typically, we understand that the younger generation want the fast-paced stimulus pleasure uh, of of quicker media, whereas as we get older... We become more interested in, in um, decelerated lifestyle and in, in, in spending time soaking in the details. Is there any tru- truth to that? In that for you? I think it's interesting. I think to be honest, I think
1: slow TV has a wide appeal in the fact that you know when I you know, when I talk to slow when I talk to some of my friends who are a little bit younger than me, and I'm in my in my I'm in my early forties. They 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 tuned in and they were, were meant to you know just watch a few minutes of it and then turn it off. But they will it's a bit like watching an accident, a car accident in slow motion. You can't keep your eyes off it. There's something about it that draws you in. But at the same time, I think you've got to be in that that moment of oh, I can sit in the I can I can sit in the couch or the armchair for half an hour, now. Um, I've got nowhere to go. It's a bit like watching cricket, I suppose, or fishing. Um, you've got to be in that mindset of you know Sunday afternoon. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I. I think it's starting to have more wide appeal to to more demographics. I feel. All
2: right. There's 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 been chill out tents to every rave.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's true.
0: Thinking about um groups like the Orb who uh helped pioneer the chill out uh concept where you mm. have you have you you rave your acid house all night and then you'd go somewhere else to bring yourself down out of that um and where am i going with that Mm. ambient music yeah and then the the use of of chill out ambient stuff which just allows you to be either in as in the music as much as you like or Mm. you can just use Mm. it as as background and do whatever else
2: agreed
0: yeah so, in terms of the music, uh, David, um, are you drawing on any particular styles or references?
2: Well, the biggest influence for me was an Aussie band, mate. Um, okay. They were called Dead Can Dance. What, what, they still
0: are called Dead Can Dance. Yeah, yeah, no, love them.
2: Uh, they came to the UK, signed to the same label that I was with at the time, and um, got to meet them, got to know them quite well well um they were described as world music at the time um before we we'd had any african stuff before paul simon etc here anyway uh big influence because it's a sort of pseudo classical neoclassical sound to it big strings um lots of melody and lots of wailing voices
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they met in a uh, in in a restaurant. Um, is it a Syrian bar in Australia? If I remember correctly, That can dance. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Lisa Gerrard and um, duh, duh, duh. go on, remind Lisa me. Gerard. Lisa Gerrard,
2: Lisa Gerrard is um the lady wailing in the background in Gladiator. The yeah. film.
0: Yeah, go go to them,
2: <laughs> and Brent, Brendan Perry, lovely baritone voice. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I've got nice I people. I've got at least three of their CDs. Um, yeah, Saltarello, Sol- <laughs> Sol- um, Seraphim. Uh, yeah, it's all yeah. stunning, stunning yeah. music. Yeah. And I've got one of Lisa Gerrard's with uh, Klaus Schulze as well, um, like the Berlin School of Electronic Music. Uh, Lisa does yeah. lots of um, non-verbal vocal warblings and, yeah, sort of trivia. Yes.
2: Well, her range is a little smaller these days, but it's um... – it was massive. She could get really bassy and also high alto as well. So she, she is stunning.
0: Yeah. They were very big on the goth scene, if I remember correctly, as well. Like...
2: Yes, yeah. Um, um, I remember taking my Giton and Goulwart to go and watch them at a town and country club in London. And she refused to come on unless everybody stopped smoking. So old place kind of cleared the air. And she eventually came on, and uh, we were all very dutiful in our um, mascara at the time. (laughs) Wow.
0: Uh, Any questions you would like me to ask you to help you unpack what you would like to uh, bring out about your film and your music?
2: (laughs) No. I, I think the, the the slow TV has to be attractive. Do you remember? I mean, I spent years. I was probably the only body who spent most of their time listening to music with the visualizer on max on, just watching all these shapes move about all the time. I must have done that days on end. Uh, then there was the log fire, of course, which folk had on their telly. Glorious colours and warmth, and I think I think if you want it to be immersive, it has to be pretty colourful and pretty attractive and velvety. Um, I, I don't know what you guys think,
0: Chris. Do you? Want, I could speak for ages. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll let you go <laughs> before I say my answer. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think I think um, yeah, you're right, Davey. It's got to be something that 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 they can transport you into another space of mind, of mind, you know, another thought. Um, and I think, you know, the, the sensory of, of the audio and then the sensory of the vision, I think, helps you do that. And, and to me, water is always um, a great way of transporting someone to another another place, I guess, mentally. Um, and, you know, obviously slow motion, um, the colours of the sun and the colours of the the blue water and, and the rocks and, and so everything around the particles, of the water, and, and I suppose it, it, you know it's, it's got a bit of depth to it, I guess, because it's constantly moving. And then when you put that with something like David's music, it, it, I, I guess it's hard not to be transferred into another space. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yes. T- Tim, you could ask us if we're going
0: to do another one. Are you going to do another <laughs> one? <laughs> it sounds like there might be something growing there well i think i'd,
1: I'd love to collaborate with david again and, and, and in fact i'd, I'd probably attack it in a different way a completely different way i'd probably shoot something specifically for for the, the soundtrack that david um, produces okay. and and try something try something a little bit different this time yeah
2: that's good because i'm halfway through it fantastic <laughs> oh, <really>? oh
1: wow <laughs>
0: Just jumping back to the quality of slow TV, um, one of the things that f- frustrates me as somebody who's been thinking about slow TV for a long time is the idea that it can just be a very cheap uh, activity that doesn't stretch yourself. Yes, there are aspects of slow TV. Say if you just want to go and pop a tripod somewhere for one hour and do a single static shot. There is something on that, but it's, it's not stretching uh there, there's tension you need to get between um having stillness but some kind of journey or action within that but one that everybody can keep up with um slow tv it needs to stretch and i liked what you said to here chris about trying to improve your work it needs to stretch what you can do um i think the minute you think you can just turn up or uh, with a camera and stick it there for an hour or maybe put a GoPro on the front of something moving and then put that out as a slow TV film. I think it does uh, an injustice to what slow TV can achieve. Yes, there would be something you can gain from those single shots. And with the major national broadcasters, um, when Norway does a slow TV show like it's 20, 30 professional people engaged months, if not years of pre-production planning. And each time they set themselves the challenge of uh, a a challenge, like what can we do differently? What uh, technological difficulties are there, which we can stretch and go beyond. Um, I've got my own sleet to slow TV film. I've been working on for a couple of years. I'm hoping to have it finished to go out um, hopefully in the next few weeks it's about eight and a half well it's going to be nearly 30 installments of eight and a half hours uh of a, of a particular beach with very unique uh, qualities you actually i'll put it out Vex because i'm gonna be releasing it soon uh david do you may you may know chesil beach in dorset i know no, very well, well yes i grew up in dorset my folks are in weymouth um and it's I walked the entire length of Chesil Beach and filmed it. And there's a there's a story in the size of the stones. Uh, um, yes. there's, there, there are a number of yes. various big challenges. If, if you've walked any stretch of it, you know that it wrecks your legs. It's it's shingle. Um, it's a tombolo beach. Um, there's a 13 mile stretch where there's water on either side. Uh, anyway, it's it's an amazing, beautiful place. And um, anyway, so yes, I've been editing uh, that. Yeah.
2: Tim,
0: I, like I can't remember. wait to see it. Sounds yeah. sounds amazing. Uh, oh, I mean, uh, it, it, it used to join up with the Isle of Wight, didn't it? Because that was uh... uh, that would be Old Harry Rocks near Swanage that used to join up with the Isle of Wight. Right. Okay. Yeah. Big uh, pardon. No, no. My my ancestors are in Swanage. My mum grew up there, and so nice. It's it's, it's an area I know very well. Um. Yes. The days of my youth. Uh so, yeah, the Chesil Beach, the, it, it was an, an enormous stretching experience for me to film this. I haven't got the resources, the money, the, finan- um, the equipment of a national broadcaster, but it certainly stretched me, and I had to think how I would, could do this. I had a number of trial attempts and all the health and safety of it as well. It's, it's a dangerous environment. If you don't know what you're looking out. Mm. what to be careful. So, yeah, slow TV, it needs to stretch your skills. It needs to, mm. to stretch mm. the viewer. Not, uh, hmm. but not too much because then we disengage from it.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, I think you've, you've reached a. You, you made a good point there, um, and, and 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 just a side note: I didn't use any of my employees' gear. It's all my own personal gear, my own time, so yeah. it's completely separate to my day job. But I grew up as a guerrilla filmmaker, so you know, you know, using my dad's VHS camera when I was twelve years old is how I started making stop motion in my mum's pantry. But I think you're you're right, you gotta use what you have, the resources that you have, and and, and exploit that as much as you can. Um, until you can slowly build up your gear and your repertoire and and again, yeah, it's it, it's it's yeah taken I suppose for me it's what I, I what I like to watch and consume is what I you know a lot of other people like to watch and consume. So I try and make, make try and copy that so that people can engage with, with this, you know, the similar things that I enjoy.
0: you get to see Britain by balloon? I did not know. No, no, that one uh, um, passed me by. Been, uh, as by email, there have been some fa- demanding family situations going on this year. And, um, with coronavirus, um, that, that has actually yeah. caused me quite a bit of anxiety. Um, and, and I've, I've not always been in the best place mentally the last few months. So, um,
2: Tim, please no. Um, I'm. Thank you for sharing that. It's. Uh, it, it's, it's not a task, but yeah. maybe maybe you get a chance. Indeed, they- well, that is a journey. That is um, a balloon flight across the lakes, uh, Lake District, and um, um, very little sound, just the sound of the burner of the uh, balloon, and um, very little commentary. Uh, the the. The pilot refuses to describe very much at all. Mm-hmm. Just sort of talks about a cloud going past or something like that. That's stunning. I can I can well believe with that there was a significant ground crew, obviously, um, and obviously planning in terms of the weather, flight, flight path, clearances, etc. I can imagine there was a huge team on that.
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah, I, I will be looking up. Um there are a number of things I do need to add to the slow TV blog and I want to uh redo the presentation on there as well because I've been doing it like that for about four or five years now. Um for those used to it there's content that may not be visible and I need to refresh it and add that on. So
2: small steps, Tim, small yeah. steps.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to add? You say you wanted us to tell you where to go and find the video. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah, that, that is on a piece of paper here, obviously. Yeah, you've made, you've made your <laughs> film. Where is it and, and how do folk access it? Chris?
1: Uh, we've, we've placed it on Vimeo On Demand. And um, if you type in pure soundbar, it should come up. Or David Lowell Perry or Chris Lewis, it should come up. Um, but uh, David, this is something that I want to touch you about. I'm sure there's other video on demand platforms out there that we can test the market with, like Google and um, uh, YouTube. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll experiment and have a look around at some other video on demand. But yeah, video on demand's new black these days. So um, yep, <laughs> good to get in the into the beast of it all. <laughs> yeah,
2: I will pop. We'll- We also were going to have a a viewing, weren't we? We were going to chat over a viewing. That's Um, right. Cheers. We'll we'll
0: be doing that as well. Okay. Let us know when it happens, and I'll put that on my channels. Also going to say (laughs) – hey, what's going on there? That shouldn't be on noisy. What's going on? Just a minute. One of my phones is going off, and it should not (laughs) be. There we go. There we go. I will put the link for your film on Vimeo in the episode description as well. So, um, saves people scrambling around. So yeah, quick, quick point of access. Okay. I'm sensing a natural conclusion unless we have something else we'd like to add in. (laughs) Um.
1: Can I ask you a question, Tim? Fire away. Do do, do you think that slow TV is better with a story or what's your thoughts there?
0: Okay. It will be I will say it it depends on the intended audience and the style of transmission if you're gonna do something like Norway uh, um having a story in the sense of something for the entirety say of a journey then uh that will become much more of a talking point. I think Norway's success is that they uh plug into very patriotic elements. Um, I may do a, a PhD in something to do with slow TV. And what particularly fascinates me are these journeys where people identify with the landscapes with the subject content and, um, it, it touches and they suddenly does this great well of, of patriotism. What's particularly interesting with Norway is that their patriotism seems to be very inclusive, um, um obviously we think about patriotism and it can start edging into nationalism whereas we are better than the rest like people need to do this um norway does does patriotism with, with a sense of inclusivity um i'm gonna i'm steering away from answering your question here so yes a journey yeah. can pull pull people in better uh, and if it's the places that people identify with Without the story, I would characterize it probably more as kind of ambient TV and people would use it for, um, I think, sort of therapeutic mindfulness uh, kind of exercises. There's there's a word I'm looking for here and I can't, it's escaping me at the moment. Um, So, yeah, depends depends on the audience and Mm. and the activity. A national broadcaster Mm. should go for something big. This is something I wish the BBC or an other broadcaster in the uk would would do something other than a little piecemeal say with the canal journey they just took one bit of the canal from um, just uh, west east of Bristol past Bath and a little bit further How about doing the entire canal from Bristol to London um, and letting it run and not just a, a production crew of four or five but twenty thirty? Um, I have been to a couple mm. production companies in the UK with some ideas, and there's nobody that quite wants to run the uh, run the risk of of investing a lot of money and commissioning it and and feeling it's going to be a flop. Which is part of again the Norwegian success is that they're prepared to take a risk. With, well, at first they didn't know it was going to be a success, but it was okay. We'll just give this a try, and if it doesn't work, we won't do it again. So, mm. so.
2: I, I, I'm, I'm going to go back to this art point because if I may because um, when I was went to art college there was a guy called Richard Long who'd do um, circular walks mm-hmm. and the the exhibit would be a map with a circular walk drawn on it you know rows of stones um, and 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 particular journeys made. Along the route of an old railway line, or something like that, mm. it's, it's not dissimilar to what you're mentioning there in relation to a, almost a, a historic or a or a, a um, man-made route or a, a canal journey. We've we've had. I mentioned the, the trip around Iceland. It's concept art.
0: Mm. Speaking about slow film and art as well, when I was researching slow TV for my master's course, uh, I can't can't recall it now, the name of it, um, there was a film, uh, an art house film, where it was one camera, I think, on on a slow uh, wire cam. It took about 45 minutes to cross one room, but the story was also in the audio. There's all sorts of things going on outside. I can't recall at the moment. Ah, yeah.
2: No, no, yeah, it's art. It's art for me. Mm-hmm. Conceptual
0: art. Oh. I think yourself and Scott Barley would have a lot to talk about, David. <laughs> I will.
2: I will contact my contact and see if I can hook up with him later on.
0: <laughs> you got anything else to add, Chris? It looked like you were maybe itching to say something there
1: uh no i don't think so i think (laughs) i'm I'm not very good at talking so
0: (laughs) any other
2: Uh, you are mate you are when we
0: all plug into our (laughs) our passions we can talk (laughs) any any other social media platforms channels that people may like to to follow you on like say twitter or instagram or Bandcamp or blah 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 Chris's,
2: Chris's Instagram feed is fantastic. Okay. Uh, underwater guy.
0: Okay, I think I made an UM- apology.
2: Yep. U-M-D-A.
1: Yeah, U M D A. Yeah, not E R. That's already been taken, so I had
0: to go. Ah.
2: That's annoying, isn't it? <laughs> Way cooler. Way cooler.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, Chris Lewis. Yeah, two new posts. Anything to do with water? Normally roaming around the Midwest of Western Australia, and there's a link to your Vimeo one Cool. There. Cool. That's it. Anything else to add?
2: I don't think so, Tim. Other than um, just to share my best wishes for you and your family, and thank you once again for uh, taking the time to to speak with us. It's it's been a joy. Thank like, you.
0: Likewise, it's it's yes. good it's good for me to talk about this about well. this as a passion of mine. The I started studying slow TV. It was meant to be the final project of my year doing a master's in TV documentary production. And it's rewired the way I engage with, well, everything, really. It's about the experience of encountering the world around you. Yes, it's um, principally through visual media. But when you start wanting to make it a very much more immersive, almost tactile form of media, um, yeah i don't watch tv i don't listen to music i don't do a journey now without some aspect of slow tv reflection coming into it so um so yeah it's it's good to chat and talk about that because yeah it, it gets the um the juices going in the brain again so oh, thank you Would, what do you thank you for hooking us up with other addicts <laughs> yes <laughs> you're welcome
1: sorry can can i just ask one more question which might Sorry, I should have asked this before. That's fine. Do you think what's the future? What's the future hold for slow TV, Tim?
0: Mm, depends how brave. Well, again, it's going to be different strata, um, layers depending on the type of slow TV. Um, I think for broadcast uh, on linear TV, uh, like the appointment TV as of old, we used to have. Um, it depends on how brave broadcasters want to be um there are, there are lots of things that could be done um especially places of national interest um yeah. i think yeah. principally it would be an on um an on demand uh service and i th- i think projects like yourselves where yeah. independent filmmakers will bring their own and somehow thrust their own work into the great uh, melting pot of creativity online. But then the problem is, is getting yourself heard above everything Mm. else. Um, Mm. One of the challenges of that as well is when people, if they don't know what slow TV can be, then they'll see one or two of the uh, videos that have less production value in them and then equate that with slow TV. Mm. Um, Mm. So there is, Uh, Using it for for deliberate therapeutic uh, purposes, there is a company, I think it's in Denmark, who have curated slow TV content to play in care homes to older folk, uh, um, filmed around themes of um, heritage, um, years gone by, things that the folk maybe in the 70s and 80s, um, I think particularly with dementia, that would give them a sense of well-being. As you probably know, with dementia, like your most recent memories get dumped, but what happened when you were a child and in your teens stay with you, and they use that as a very mm. express way of uh, calming and anchoring oh. patients.
2: Anchoring is- yes,
0: uh, and and that is a, an amazing uh, application of slow TV, uh, and I've nearly got this first series of ten episodes completely done and sketched out and want to put them up. And then in the autumn, I hopefully will have approached a further 10 places to, uh, talk about how slow TV has been for them, either as companies, individuals or academics, and then put them out. And I would like them to be one of the places. So,
2: so very good. I I I think we need to keep an eye out on virtual reality stuff as well. I think, um, and see what happens in that arena. Um, I've been told that um, um, uh, the latest generation of um, earbuds and things will have a sort of virtual reality ability, i.e. something moves, you'll turn towards it, and it's in front of you rather than still behind you, if you see okay. what I mean. Yep. Mm. Um, and that might be quite... that. In, just using the immersive... Mm. Uh, see that, that it could it could be a screen in front of your face um I, i'm interested in that and um i'll be watching that side of things quite quite a lot i mean the some of the tools i use to make sound sound as in as though it is outside of your head rather than inside your head is our vr tools
0: okay. well thank you very much david thank you very much chris i, I have a sense we may well talk again in the future.
2: I look forward to that, Tim, and and
0: once again, best wishes to you. Thank you. I'm just going to press... Thanks, Tim. ...stop recording. Thank you for listening to the Slow TV podcast. Next two episodes, we will be heading to Sweden to think about Moose Slow TV. Yes, the great Moose migration. Until then, take care wherever you are. All new material, copyright Tim Prevent.